If this is your first time with us this morning at Journey Community Church here in Down Paddock, you're especially welcome. My name's Thomas. I'm the site pastor here, and yeah, we just—it's a privilege to have you have you join us as well. We we are a crazy bunch of people, but you know we we like to pursue the Lord together, so um, it's great. Okay, so like Zoe said, there is a lot happening, a lot coming up. So if you have only if you've just been coming the journey and you've decided, you know, I'm going to stick around with this crowd for a while, then please join on Church Suite. That will give you all of the um, all the updates. If you have unsubscribe from either text or emails, then I would encourage you to go to resubscribe because you'll not get them, okay? So um, we try to keep that the minimum. I know I don't uh, tend to send out stuff too much on that, so um, which is good. But look, this morning, it is Palm Sunday, uh, which is great. We're heading into a new series, and we're really looking at the greatest story ever, ever told. And uh, as I was, you know, as we think about the series and what, what goes on, you know, it's really it could be really apt and also just expected to really go into a sermon on Palm Sunday. And, you know, we could have done a full sermon today about looking and breaking that down. And and what I love about Palm Sunday is, you know, it's often the story where Jesus rides in um, on a donkey, but it's really to looking at the triumphal king becoming as the Messiah in unexpected ways. Because obviously we know Jerusalem expected, or they were hoping for the Messiah to come, you know, as the mighty warrior and, and the one who was going to save them from Roman oppression and, and all and all that sort of thing. But what we find is Jesus came in a whole new way. And that's why it really is the greatest story ever, to, ever told. And we will look over the next number of weeks just at that story and unpicking, unpacking that a bit more. But God has been doing quite a number of amazing things in our community recently. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I'm hearing stories and testimonies and some that can't be shared this morning are not ready for public ear just yet. But I just, you know, we've had, you know, Americans over the past couple of weeks and God's been really, it just feels like there's been a grace where God has been picked a time and really moving in, in our lives. There's been tangible sense of God's presence. But over the past you know, not only just weeks, but months and, and, and even the years for some of you. God is just, well, God's God, but he just puts his finger on us. And, and he, in his kindness and his mercy, you know, in ways that we unexpect, the king comes into our lives. And when we think he's going to take us a certain road or he does it in a certain time, anybody have a timeline for God? How's that going for us, right? <laughs> but he's, done, he's doing something in our community. And what we decided, you know, we had, we had, you know, our sermon series is going to kick off this week and we're really just going to run into, you know, a, a preach. But what we felt was, you know what, let's, let's give space for those testimonies and let's, you know, give the mic, a free mic t- this morning, okay? So that could be very dangerous. But, uh, you know, testimonies just speak louder than what, you know, uh, we need good teaching and we need, you know, to ex- expound the Bible. We need to do a lot of that and, and really to see how that contextualized for today. But there's something about when God moves in power, that's better than what I can babble about for the 30 minutes, all right, or anybody else. So how this is going to work, because I'm guessing for quite a number of you, this is probably the first time you've been to a given Sunday. Sharon Sunday, I, I knew I was going to do it. Was, we've been looking at given Sundays and vision Sundays and Sundays, and it's just, anyways, you can forgive me. Uh, to share on Sunday. This is probably your first Sunday doing that, and you maybe don't really know what way this works. Really, it is. It, it's, we're, I'm going to get off the stage in a second, okay? And uh, we're going to set this mic down on, on this. And if you have had God move, no matter how big or how small, in the past number of weeks, but also if there's just something the Spirit brings to mind that he done years ago, and you just feel like you want to release that, like I'd encourage you to... I'm not saying... This is not time to share the testimonies, okay? You've... Two minutes, and that's, that's a long time for a lot of us, but 
you know, I'll be watching you, all right? I'll be with a timer. Um, and we'll, there'll be a big buzzer and red lights go off. I'm only joking, right? Um, but it is a space, and we want to, I know there's a number of testimonies around the place that just come up, share it. And if your heart's going like mad and you're like, I'm not getting up there, I'm not the public speaker, I maybe suggest God wants you to share something. Also, if God's been really speaking to you prophetically and you feel like you have a, you know, a word for our church or, or for someone in the room, if you have a word of knowledge, this is a space to do that. I know that may be new for some of you, but we really want to just press in to, to release what God's been doing, but also just to hear what God's been saying. And that's really what Sharing Sunday is about. It's really important that we have space to do that, okay? And I, my new uh, grace that is, is silence, believe it or not, okay? We've been talking about the gifts of God's been given the church, and for me, it's, it's silence. So I'll be okay sitting in silence, all right? So... We'll, we'll create the space to do that. But it doesn't have to be, you know, massive. It could be healing. It could be a financial provision. It could be absolutely anything. Maybe God's doing something on you over a period and a process of time. I'd encourage you to be doing maybe a, a bit of sanctification work in you. I would encourage you to come and share that as well, okay? Or if you want to come, I'll be at the front. If you have a bit of a question, if well, you feel like you could share that, then you're welcome to come and ask me as well, okay? So um, over to you guys, all right? I think I'll need it. Okay, I don't know where to start. Um, 12 weeks ago, I had a conversation with Thomas. Um, I said, Thomas, I have a younger sister who's a year younger than me going into rehab, has suffered with alcohol addiction her whole life. Um, on the week of prayer and fasting, I prayed and prayed for a breakthrough. I felt God say to me, no, everyone else is doubting her, but no, she's going to do it this time. I was lying in bed thinking about this last night. She's actually going into her 12th week tomorrow. So um, I went to visit her, and I haven't seen that girl since I was about 10 years of age. Doing absolutely great. She'll be home next Friday. And the best thing about her journey, even though we were always brought up with God, is that she really, truly found God on her journey in there. So... <laughs> I'm trying to cut this down. <laughs> so <laughs> God has just been running after my family. I can't, we can't keep up with them. So I'll start with this man, the man that at one stage was on, at one stage was on 32 tablets a day and was told by doctors, you'll be lucky if you walk again and you will never work again a day in your life. This man runs his own business, runs a farm and is building his own house. So... <laughs> He's been so good to us. So I'll try to keep it together while I'm saying this. Um, the first week that the American students were here, my goodness, it's been absolutely life-changing. Um, William, because of the operation that he did have at the time, would suffer, had suffered with pins and needles and numbness in his feet. So it's been such a thing for so long that I actually forgot about it. And heading up the stairs two weeks ago, Robert actually said to William, are you okay, sir? And he says, yep, yep, I'm okay, William being William, yes, I'm okay. We sat there, the, the students come up here and they said, there's someone here with pins and needles in their feet. William stood up, got completely, they prayed over him, got completely healed, hasn't mentioned his feet again. That was healing number one, <laughs> thank God. Then a week later, um, it was actually getting to the stage where it was a bit embarrassing. I thought, he cannot stand up again. There's someone else in the room. Oh, gosh, here we go again. 
So um, they said, there's someone here with lower back pain. And I'm not joking, William stood up and all I could hear was click, clank, click. And it was, he was like the tin man out of Wizard of Oz, honestly. <laughs> oh, so then again, completely healed. And then I could notice, I actually noticed he was standing so much taller. So thank you, God. He's able to do more work and build a house even quicker. <laughs> And then the baby of our house, um, I know many of you know that he was in hospital over Christmas and I think he was in hospital a few times, picked up different infections and it always started with his ears. They couldn't get to the bottom of it and that was Christmas time. The ears were okay up until last Sunday. He woke up and said, mom and dad, I've got sore ears and we're, we, we're thinking, oh no, here we go again. So... Again, one of the students said, there's someone here with ringing in their ears, and it dawned on us, okay, yeah, that's Boyd. Brought him out, got him prayed over. Thank God, has not mentioned the ears again. So, <laughs> that was me just cutting it down. <laughs> no, he's been so good to us. We can't keep up with him, sure we can't, William. <laughs> and many of you also prayed for my sister and prayed for us, so I want to thank you as well. And I'm hoping to get her here. I'm determined to get her here. I told you this, Thomas. 12 weeks I'll be standing here. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, God. I get told I was doing this. I still don't know what I'm going to say. Right, there's a lot of new faces in the room this Sunday, so you won't know my backstory. But two and a half years ago, um, October 2020, my bowel stopped functioning altogether. So for two and a half years, I have been living. I've not had a poo in two and a half years, folks. I have a machine that I use every single day in life to try and stimulate the bowel. I've been in hospital a few times. I have seen several consultants, surgeons. And, um, yeah, I go through every 10 days using a boil prep to liquidize anything that I eat and try and force it out of the system. Um, for the first year of that, I was pretty much confined to the house. Couldn't socialize, couldn't go out. I actually was on a liquid diet probably for around six months um, the first year. And that um, was a liquid diet. It was a water-only diet. I couldn't even drink juice. And at times, I had sip, sips of water and I just sat here. And um, within the first six months, I got malnourished. Within the first six weeks, I lost three stone. My upper body mass just wasted away. My lower body mass just wasted away. I was a completely different girl. I still had my faith. I knew that the Lord would pull through for me, that I was in his care. So I had prayer after prayer after prayer. You name it, I was there. Totally believe in God that would come through for me. And, you know, we've prayed for constant meetings with surgeons. My first consultant, I hate to say it, was rubbish. I got nowhere. And I learned to advocate for myself. So we pushed and pushed, and I got a new consultant. Within about eight weeks of getting a new consultant, I had a dietitian, nutritionist, who was working with me, and I got new supplements, and my energy levels started to increase. Still having to go through time to time on this liquid diet where I would feel so uncomfortable eating or even blending fruit and veg in a smoothie. And um, I just wanted to have food. 
And Kingdom Come last year, I had prayer and uh, the girls will tell you, one night uh, we went back to the tent and I get into my sleeping bag and I could feel this burning over my abdomen and I was like, thank you Lord, you're doing something in my body. And do you know what my miracle was that night? I passed wind for the first time in a year and a half and I was like, Lord, you're in control, you have totally got me, something is happening in my body. And I know there's lots of people in this church congregation that have been praying for me day in, day out. And one of my biggest prayer requests is, like, Lord, if I need the surgery, I'm okay having the surgery. And just pray that, you know, they're going to do it and they're going to have this chat with me and we'll get it ASAP. And um, three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, um, four weeks ago, the letter came through the door and it was a letter I was not anticipating. And when I opened the letter and I read it, I'm not going to lie. I've been preparing myself for surgery, thinking I was in the right headspace. But when I opened the letter and I started to read it, oh, my stomach just dropped. And it was this appointment date with the surgeon. And I thought, okay, right, I'm not really prepared for this, but, you know, we'll go and have the chat either way. Lord, you're in control. So I sat down and had this conversation with the surgeon. And it was so calm and it was so, so good. And he said, do you realize what we're going to do here? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said, I'll just explain it to you really simply. We're going to remove your entire large bowel, your large intestine. We're going to take it out. And we're going to replace that with a stoma bag on the right-hand side. Now, if you know anybody who's had bowel surgery and they put a stoma bag on the right-hand side, that's the one that's not reversible. Life is going to be like that forever. And we explored a few things and had a conversation and he actually turned around to me and said, you're 40. And I said, I'm 44. And he said, no, you're 40. Like you're the same age bracket as myself and my wife. If you were my wife now sitting there, I could not do this surgery. So I suggest today we park this surgery and we go down a different avenue. We will explore something else. And I said, well, what are we going to explore? Because we've explored everything up until this point. And he said, no, no, I have a team of specialized nurses and I think they need to have a conversation with you and see if there's some other way that we can navigate this and make you more comfortable than it has been for the last two and a half years. And I said, right, okay, yep, I'm good with that, no problem. And I left and I felt like we had an absolutely awesome appointment. And I said, he was so upbeat, so encouraging, you know, we've parked it for now. And I was like, okay, right, yep, no surgery now. And um, yep, continue to pray. Everyone in this church faithfully pray. We pray in week, week in, week out for me. And uh, Raymond and Jerry, like I break their hearts every day in life. They're praying over me. And, um, you know, every week at home group, well, any word, any appointments, what's happening? I'm like, yeah, surgery's on park for now. And... Um, Two weeks ago, our lovely Bethel family came to visit. And on the Sunday morning, you know, anyone wants prayer for healing? I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm there. Me, 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 me. Still believing, you know, and I, I said to Lexi, I've had prayer hundreds of times now, hundreds of times, and I'm still believing. We left that Sunday, and I just carried on my week as normal, back to my liquid nutrition it's lovely. Strawberry shakes. And uh, no fruit, no veg right now. No nothing. And um, on the Thursday evening, we were going up the stairs to bed. And Adam and I, since we've been together 15 years, 
We've never, ever gone to bed without each other. And we were on our way up the stairs. And I stopped halfway up the stairs. And I looked back at him and I said, I feel like I need to sit in the toilet. And he just looked at me in that normal, here we go again. She's going to be in the bathroom for an hour, an hour and a half using that machine. You know, and I was exhausted. And I looked at him and I went, I really feel like I need to sit in the toilet. And then I looked at him because he was just, you know, okay. And I said, I haven't had bowel prep. I'm telling you, my stomach doesn't feel right. I feel like I need to sit in the toilet. But I don't want to sit in the toilet. I'm not going to sit in the toilet because I don't have the energy. I don't want to use that machine tonight. And I was like this stubborn toddler, this wee child saying, not doing it, not going. And my stomach was just going and going. And Adam was brushing his teeth. And I thought, I have to actually sit in the toilet. You're going to have to sacrifice this. doesn't matter. machine's going to have to come out. So... Um, my daughter had sent me an email that evening and I thought, done it the old fashioned thing, I'll print this off. Rather than read it on my phone, I'll print it off and I'll read it in bed. So I was standing with this printed email in my hand and I just looked at it and I thought, you'll do me, we're going to sit in the bathroom. So sat down, folks, the machine didn't come out. I didn't do it. I was on that toilet 10 seconds, not even 10 seconds. And my body started to do something it hasn't done in two and a half years. I had a poo. I had a poo. <laughs> I had the closest thing to a normal shape poo that I had not had in two and a half years. I wasn't even on the toilet for a minute. And I danced out of that bathroom and I just said to Adam, I've had a poo. I've had a poo. <laughs> like, and he just looked at me and he went, girl, you claim it and you keep on claiming it and keep going. So folks, listen, I had my miracle. You know, my bowel hasn't moved since and I'm not afraid to tell you that. But here's the thing. If I wait two and a half years to have another one, I know God has me in his hands. You know, two and a half years later, that has happened to my body. He is in control and it's the greatest miracle. But the greatest miracle of all is if you don't know the Lord as your saviour, if you don't have the relationship like I have with him, I seriously ask you to think about it this morning because like, he's there for me. When no one else is there, he's got me. So we're coming into... You know, this is Palm Sunday, and next Sunday we will reflect on that amazing, the most, like, best miracle of all times. You know, he went to the cross, he died for us, he came through for us, and that's the best miracle of all this morning. So if you need a miracle, in fact, if you need a miracle in your life today, or you're believing for something, put your hand up now and let's pray over it. Like, whatever, how big it is, how small it is, if you need a miracle, do not be afraid to raise your hand today. Yes, Jerry, yes, Trish. Oh, come on. Right. Okay. Father, you are the God of miracles. You are the one that moves. And Father, you went to the cross and you took all our pain, all our sickness, all our sin, everything, Father, that we could live a whole and glorious life with you, Lord. So Lord, this morning we pray for those miracles, Lord. We don't need to go into detail. You know every single situation, Father. So this morning, Lord, we cast those miracles to the foot of the cross, Lord, and we ask you to pull through for us yet again, Lord. We ask it in your mighty name. Amen. When you get a nod from Thomas, you know what you have to do. <laughs> okay. Um, God has been doing something 
that he hasn't really done much before. In my life now, I've been a Christian for over 60 years, but I've always felt that my calling was to serve other Christians, to minister to particularly Christian women, and I've been doing that for a long, long time. But a month ago, in February, uh, we went to a little meeting in the Baptist Church, and we were just there to sing old songs, as you do when you're my age. <laughs> and we had a lovely evening, and we had a great supper afterwards. And during the supper time, Robert, who doesn't like to see anybody sitting on their own, saw two women sitting on their own, and he went and sat with them and saw that one was distressed and in the conversation happened to say, well, have you ever given your life to the Lord? Just what Nikki was talking about there. And she said, no, and I don't know why. And at that point, he did this, you know. <laughs> Come on, Gloria. <laughs> so it he felt it was more appropriate for a woman to come at that stage. So I came over and sat beside this lovely lady called Liz. And before the evening was over, I'd led that lady to the Lord. Oh, it was just amazing. So I thought to myself, well, that, that's brilliant, you know. But, you know, my ministry is not going to change. That's, that's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime once sort of thing. And it was fantastic. But then last... Friday, Good Friday happened, and it's St. Patrick's Day, yes, and I just, I want to tell this story, it isn't my story, it's Marie's story, but I want to tell this to the glory of God, and to show you how carefully God plans these things. Marie is a lady who works with the um, St. John Ambulance, she lives away up in Armoy, she was assigned to serve in Downpatrick here in our church where we open it for the St. John Ambulance on St. Patrick's Day. I'm no good at doing things and dressing up on floats. So Robert and I volunteered to be sort of tatters here in the church for anybody who was there. We like doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's part of our calling. So we were here in the church. And she was here. And there wasn't anybody to make a cup of tea. So I made a cup of tea. Now, that is my least comfortable place in this whole church. <laughs> Being in behind, haven't you two? Well, you see, you and I are the same. I am not domesticated at all. I just about managed to feed Robert, and we, we survive <laughs> all right. <laughs> but it's not something I love. I'd rather be sitting, you know, reading or something like that. But I went in behind and said, no, I'm no good with coffee, but if you'd like a cup of tea, I can make you a cup of tea. So I got chatting to a lovely lady called Marie, and she, in the conversation, because we were in a church probably, she said to me, well, are you a Christian? I said, yes, I've been a Christian for about 60 years. And she said, well, I'm not. And I just loved that she was honest and said that. And then... You know, I sort of looked and she said, well, I keep, God keeps putting me in places like this where I meet people like you. And I said, uh-huh. And she said, but I, I feel as if I'm hiding from God and I don't know why, but, but I, I, I'm, I'm hiding, I'm running away from him, I'm hiding him. And God sometimes just gives you the right thing to say. And I, I said to her, Marie, why would you run away from somebody 
who loves you so much. And that was all we were able to say. I said, now you and I need to have a conversation after this. She went off and did her thing with the St. John Ambulance, and I was around here chatting to more people. She came back for another cup of tea. You see, God can even use a cup of tea. And it was me again and behind that wee place. And I said to her, you know, what, 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 what is all this about hiding? So she and I started to talk. And I realized something that if God was pursuing this woman, as I was convinced she wa- he was, I needed to pursue her as well. So I said, look, could we go somewhere quiet and talk? And I brought her over into that wee place. It was mayhem in here. There were kids dancing. They were doing all sorts of things. There were youngsters drawing things, running around all over the place. But we went in there. And I said to her, what? No, she said to me, but what would I do? And sometimes people don't realize what it is you do to give your life to the Lord. So I explained to her, just understand that you're a sinner, that you've done things that are wrong. She nodded the head, yes, I definitely have. And I said, and know that Jesus died for you to forgive all those sins. And she said, yes, I know. Her parents had been Christians. She knew. And then I said, you just give your life, your whole life to the Lord. And she said, yes. And I said, well, we do this. And she said, yes. So the two of us stood in there, and she gave her life to Jesus that day. Woo! So, again, I want to say the same as, as uh, Nikki. If you have never given your whole life to Jesus, just surrendered it to him, please come. Talk to Nikki, talk to me, talk to Thomas, talk to Hannah. Any of us would love, love to lead you to the Lord. There is no greater joy than leading somebody to the foot of the cross. Amen. This isn't, this isn't very spectacular or anything, um, but uh, when the, ki- the kids, <laughs> well, they are to me, uh, were here two weeks ago, um, somebody mentioned hands, and uh, I went up to, what was the black guy called? Marcus. Marcus, yeah, Marcus. Uh, seemed to be the only one available, and he said, oh, I think it was so-and-so, so we got this wee girl over at this side, and... Uh, Prayed for me. I, I have, I uh, don't know if I can show you, but uh, my f- first and second fingers are curving and uh, it's getting harder to play guitar, for instance. And I use tools a lot. And uh, if I've been using tools, anyway, <coughs> my, that and my hands were in, those two fingers were in pain on both hands. And it sort of dawned on me during the week afterwards, I hadn't had any pain and it's still a, a, a very odd time I've had a, a pain when I've tried to lift something heavy but uh, that continuous pain that was there has gone so uh, I need to keep praying um, and I sort of felt that my hands wanted to my fingers wanted to straighten you know. so it's not a big deal but you know Jesus prayed for a guy um, and uh, he was blind and, he's, and the Lord said you know how are you? And he said, well, I see men like trees walking, you know, so he could see these shapes. And the Lord prayed for him again. And I don't think Jesus needed to do that. I think he did it for our benefit. Pray again. 
So keep keep trusting. You know. So we need to do that for Nikki. All right. Okay. In 20 days, I will be uh, with the Lord. He, he accepted me. He chose me on the 22nd of April last year. <laughs> and from I was, I'm 64, common now. And when I was in my 30s, I had mental health issues. And I was on tablets, like, all the time. And I could never sleep. And I couldn't settle. And now, God took away my fear and my anxiety, my depression, and I don't need any tablets anymore. It's so good. Yes. And I, and in 2015, I broke all together, and it was bad. And I couldn't read and I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't settle, and I had to be on the go all the time. And it's been so good. And when I had a friend, it was the drink, and I every night from six o'clock I drank, and I couldn't kick it. And I asked God, for I had tried and tried, and I couldn't do it. And God give me the strength. And I don't know how he done it. <laughs> but it's gone. <laughs> and I had another addiction. <sighs> I was smoking weed. And um, the fasting week. I ask God, how are you going to do it? <laughs> because I don't know how you're going to do it for I'd not be able to do it. But I did. God has given me strength. It's so good. <laughs> and I'll tell you too, about a year and a half ago, a man came to my house where I needed fixed things in the house. And in the middle of the thing, he says to me, and this was before I got saved, he says, um, and the workmen will not make a mistake. And I turned around and says to him, there's only one person that never made a mistake. Well, that man's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. And he says, do you know I am a Christian? And I looked in his eyes, and, like, you couldn't see. But that was okay. That was, and, like, I never thought another thing about him. But last Sunday morning, I wakened up, and his name was just out of my mouth, Graham Bingham. And I thought, what? And then I thought, God, what are you talking about here? <laughs> but I, I prayed. And through the week, I says, I must tax that man. And I just says, God's telling me to pray for you. So we, I, I sent a message then on Friday, and he says, uh, 
Yes, that's person. <laughs> and, I, and I started to tax, and I thought, how am I going to, for I didn't even know how to spell facey, it was for facey board. And I thought, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to spell this. So I rung him. And I says, and I tell him who he was, and I tell him how I remembered him, his eyes. And he's in trouble. So I would like you still all pray for him. Because God cares for everybody and all his sons and daughters. And he needs to give us strength. And we have to help each other. Yeah. So, praise the Lord. Good morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> good afternoon, my bad, sorry. Um, yeah, so it's been a really crazy couple of months uh, with Jesus just showing up in massive ways for me. Um, back at Kingdom Come, I had decided, I was like, you know what, I really feel called to Down Patrick. I think I'm going to move on down to Down Patrick. And that same week, somebody who had just started here was like, you know what, I want to go home to America. And I was like, look at that, God made a spot for me. And a few months later, I messaged Thomas after I started coming here. And I said, you know what, I think I need to move to Down Patrick. And he was just like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, sure, <laughs> come on down. And so I started to plan. And a week later, my apartment caught on fire. <laughs> And I was like, wow, what a way to push me out, Lord. And so at first I was like a little discouraged, but then two days later, somebody from the States was, I had posted on my Instagram the fire because I kind of thought it was funny. I was like, all right, enemy, this is all I got. We're all on fire. And they were like, we saw that everything was on fire. What do you need replaced? We'll replace it. And so two days later, everything was replaced. And then... A couple days go by, and I wake up, and I'm like, my back kind of hurts. And a couple hours after, I was completely paralyzed from the waist down. And my roommate, she took me to the A&E. We got an office chair and wheeled me to the car. And then they told me once I got there that I needed emergency spinal surgery. Um, and so I was like, all right, let's go. Uh, I get the spinal surgery, and it takes a couple days. Um, I still hadn't had any feeling, and a woman comes in, and she pretty much tells me what could happen. She goes, you know, things could change. Maybe you'll get some feeling back, but I need to prepare you for a wheelchair. <laughs> I, I wish I was as... Um, at that moment, I was like, you know what, Lord? I know I'm going to heaven. If you have to take me, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> you know, I'll be okay. I know I'll be with my father. <laughs> And, um, but he did it. And so people in the church, though, began to pray and they kept praying and they kept praying. And I kept getting, you know, the practical and the logical from the physicians. And I know they have to do that. Um, but I was just like, God, I don't, I'm not that girl. I'm not the, I'm not that girl. And so slowly I had one leg come back. And then a little bit longer after that, another leg came back. And to the point where now I can come up and stand in front of the church and I get to worship and I get to play with kids and kids' church. And I was just so thankful. 
then <laughs> I got home and my roommate was like, surprise, I'm moving. And I was like, oh, that's right. I got to move. <laughs> and so I started to plan a trip for May to go fundraise in America. And so I've been planning that and I was reaching out to churches and reaching out to schools to arrange to go speak and try to get fundraising. Um, but I hadn't bought a ticket because I don't have any money. So I was just like, Lord, if you want me in Don Patrick, you're going to have to sort this because all I can do is what I can do, and that's plan. And so I just planned for him to figure it out. <laughs> and a couple weeks ago, I'm on Facebook, and I get this long message in Spanish. And when I started, I was kind of like grazing it, and I thought it was, maybe this is just like a spam, weird chain mail where they're like, the Lord will bless you if you share this with 20 people. And I was, so I ignored it at first. And then my Spanish is, it's not the best, but I, I do speak Spanish. I was like, actually, I think I read that wrong. So I went back, and I started to read it. And this random Pentecostal church in New Jersey, where I have no affiliation, and none of my friends go to this church, and I don't know anyone at this church, they were praying, and God gave them my name. <laughs> and in the middle of their prayer, they were like, I feel like they, they got this name. They found me on Facebook, sent me this whole, I, which I've printed, because when I move into my Don Patrick home, I'm going to put it on the wall. <laughs> um, um, they messaged me, and they were like, God gave us your name, and we want to pay for whatever you need. And I was like, well, I need a plane ticket to and from America because I got to make sure I have the return ticket. And they're like, okay. And they bought my ticket. And so my ticket has been covered to go fundraise and come back home to Don Patrick. And so I hope this encourages people if God is called you to something, even with the opposition, to continue in obedience, and he will provide every step of the way. So, thank you. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. Good, good, good to see you all. Oh, 23 years ago, I wasn't nearly. The doctor said to me, I've only six months to live. Only six months to live. Imagine that. But uh, sister, if your alcohol is going to pass you away, if you don't quit soon, if you don't quit soon, you will uh, last eternity. You weren't saved. What are you going to do? It took me a year thinking about it. A year thinking about it. Uh, I was in some house. I was in some... I was in a house of prayer. And... Uh, 
facilities put me to the Lord. And to the Lord. And uh, that was uh, Belinda, Sheila, and Bernie. That was great. Uh, that was great to see. I am a new creation in the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I know my father, at the time I was drinking, I was really enjoying myself. And uh, really joined myself with a uh, small and dull amount. I says, drink up, lads. It's, enjoy yourself. And uh, I says, uh, uh, for end, you're going to, I says, before long, you're going to be out of your farm. And it was Herbie's farm. I think it was 200 acres on a dairy farm. I remember, I remember his uncle. Um, his uncle, and uh, I, I, I don't know if he would have worked with him at the time, uh, helping to bring his cows out, and, and uh, it was good. Just Lord, we pray for anybody needs needs them. Amen. Amen. And and that's exactly. I want to invite. Um, I want to invite you to stand. But I want to invite if there's a paraministry team just to come to the front. And what Billy just says is what we're exactly going to do. This morning there was a number of testimonies released. There was, there was testimonies of, of people coming to know Jesus in, in, in times where they didn't know how. There was testimonies of healing. There was testimonies um, of financial provision. And, and, and what happens when we release that in the room is that you get to, you get to go, God, I want you to do that for me. So everyone in here, um, I wanna, uh, if you're here and you're needing a healing of any description that we just says there, I want you to raise your hand. And what I want you to do is these guys are believing. They want to stand with. And we know God wants to come and do a, a miracle in your life. So we want to invite, just as um, Thomas has put some um, music on in the background, I want, I want to invite you to come. If you need healing of any description, to come and, and do that, whether it is, you know, long-standing, whether it's been pins and needles, whether there's been, you know, there was something about even to the details of if people have immune diseases, if you have, you know, yeah, like autoimmune disease, if you have something like that, I want you to come and, and be prayed for. Or if you are here and you know someone, you want to stand a proxy, again, I later want to invite you to come and, and pray for your guy. Uh, I can't remember his name, but come and stand a proxy for that as well. And if you're here and you need a financial provision, maybe you're, you're struggling, you don't know how to get out of the situation. I want you to come and Jazz will pray for you as well. And we'll, we'll release the testimony into that. And just come forward now. If those guys were particularly for healing, come and, and be prayed for. And if you, if you are here this morning, and I honestly, you've never gave your life to Jesus. What does that mean? If you've never made a decision in your heart of hearts, come, just come forward. These guys will come. Uh, to, if you want to come on up here and just pray for uh, these guys as well. I want you to come forward. And... If you are here and you have not made that decision to go, you know what, God, I want to give you, I've been holding the steering wheel for far too long. I'd like to, you to come forward. I want to pray for you. Where you go, you know what, I'm going to make the decision. I'm, I'm no longer going to do it on my own terms. Um, yes, come on. Come on up, Christine, and just stand front. Raymond here. Um, absolutely. Uh, if there's anybody else that needs healing, any description, come and, come and do that as well. If you're here also, 
and you just feel like you need Jesus to become real in your life and you want an encounter with the Holy Spirit, we want to come, I want you to come forward and want to pray for you because there's a difference between religion and relationship. Religion is just where you settle on knowing something, but knowing about something where relationship is about knowing him personally. We want to come and pray for you to, to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. We want to do that as well. Okay, there's going to be a few people coming to pray. Go ahead. No, I just want to share a word I had there. Thomas reminded me of it, actually. I just said this word, actually, it was yesterday, this word, like, pressure cooker. Such a, such a random word, but actually this picture of somebody and um, they're, like, spinning, like, loads and loads of plates, and you're kind of, like, struggling to keep all the plates up. And it's kind of that thing, if you had one more plate, it would all, like, fall apart. So if that's speaking to you um, and you feel under pressure, you know, I think on Easter, whenever we think about freedom, you know, Jesus died for salvation, but he also died to be free, so... If that's speaking to you, maybe come and get prayer for that too.